Okay, I think we can get started. Publis and Chad, how are you guys doing? Not too bad, Mod. Busy week on the farm for sure. I can only imagine. How's it, Chad and Publius? What's up, guys? Doing well. Glad to hear. All right, um, we're going to kick off this class maybe uh, with a quick summary, um, given that even the first question maybe is kind of related to that. Um, earlier today, we had an announcement uh, about an emergency BIP, um, and, and that's kind of uh, related, or they're both related to uh, BIP 29. Uh, Chad, since we have you on stage and, and Publius as well, maybe can you can either of you or maybe both of you summarize uh, you know, the emergency BIPs and then uh, what are the changes that, you know, what does it impact, first of all, the protocol now, and then what changes can we expect uh, to maybe look, fix them? Sure. Maybe, Pubs, you want to kick off with the explanation, and then I can talk about uh, moving forward. Uh, feel free to just go, go ahead, Chad. Sure. So I guess to give uh, a quick overview of the the two uh, emergency BIPs that have been executed since last class. Um, the first was due to a bug in the pod marketplace, which was identified by a white hat, which was related to cancellations of v1 pod orders uh so the original pod orders that existed in the market uh there was some behavioral changes to the market that occurred during bip 29 uh, and uh this particular form of cancellation was not correctly accounted for so um the uh bcm moved to remove the cancellation uh the pod order canceled function from from beanstalk and uh, in addition, when we received this report, we also removed a number of other uh, market functionalities from the Beanstalk UI uh, temporarily. So some of those functionalities, I believe, including listings as well, are still are still taken down. Um, but we're currently evaluating, uh, you know, the state of things and, and when to re-enable those. I think it's it's a little bit unclear right now uh, exactly when the uh, V1 order cancellation will go back up, but uh, we're going to take a look at uh, at the market side as soon as possible, at the, re the rest of the functions. And then with respect to uh, the eBIP that was, was announced today, um, there was a vulnerable, vulnerability in the transfer token from function, which is one of the functions that Beanstalk uses to enable other protocols to interact with Beanstalk balances uh, in the farm function and otherwise. And uh, this vulnerability was related to how uh, Beanstalk tracks uh, the uh, allowance of, of transferring certain tokens. And so uh, more details about that uh, specifically are available in the announcement. Um, but yeah, I mean, happy to answer any, any other questions about, about those things. Thank you, Chad. Uh, and maybe can you give us a summary of any, uh, did any you know, uh, of these uh, bugs get exploited? Uh, um, where, where are we standing now? Yeah, so there, with respect to the, uh, the bug in the pod marketplace, it was discovered when uh, an order, was, a V1 order was canceled and a user received uh, more beans back than they should. Uh, they were expecting to see, receive about 1,000 beans. I believe they received about 10,000. Uh, those beans were returned to Beanstalk, so they're they're appropriately back where they should be. Um, and then the the white hat will receive you know payment through through the immune five bounty, uh, which they submitted. 
And then with respect to the the transfer token uh, vulnerability, we've been unable to identify any cases in which this was was exploited, um, and have done a. I think Breen in particular has done a pretty pretty thorough review of uh, of on chain activity related to this so far. Okay, great. And then what are the next steps? Yeah. So. With respect to the the market side of things in particular, we're going to look at re-enabling the the UI's functionality for uh, components of the market that were taken down out of an abundance of caution when this uh, bug was identified. Um, and then uh, I believe also there's there's work in progress to fix the the vulnerability in or you know basically make a new version of the uh, cancellation order cancellation function, uh, not. I'm not quite sure exactly when that upgrade would would go out. Uh, so it's I don't know if Publius happens to have that answer uh, on hand. Thank you, Chad. Not at the moment. All right, um, Publius. Maybe now we can. Or I wanted to spend a few minutes uh, to discuss, you know, um, um, some of the thoughts, you know, behind maybe audits and security. So um, you know the community and uh, um, let's say the contributors and all the the, the prudence has you know went up a, a lot let's say uh, after uh, uh, the exploit and you know we've been very careful um, um, with you know pushing code uh, before it's checked and you know checked again and audited and audited and you know the, the contract has already been audited and, and Halliburton is, is is re auditing you know being second out. Is is it it, it? it just reminds you back again, or it takes you back again that you know the only test or the real test is the test of time. What are your thoughts about that, Publius? You know what what can be done, or you know what, what's happening with it, and how 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 should the community or or let's say the DAO think think about these things? So currently, Beanstalk is exposed to existential risk in a variety of different forms, one of which is smart contract risk. Now, it, it has to be said that Beanstalk has a significant amount of economic risk at the moment from the perspective that currently all of the liquidity trades against 3Curve, which is basically a least common denominator of DAI, USDC, and Tether. But more than that, the 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 protocol itself is perhaps perhaps it's in a state where it could continue in perpetuity, but perhaps not. And there's a lot of economic improvements that uh, likely should be made to Beanstalk that aren't particularly well defined at the moment, but uh, are. are hopefully going to be able to be made uh, through collective discussion. Everyone can figure out what, what needs to actually be implemented, and then they can ultimately be implemented. And it's, A, the, the economic ex existential risk never really disappears from a system like Beanstalk, uh, but there is a question of, at the moment, there are much clearer economic existential risk that can be mitigated as opposed to the big question of is a credit-based stablecoin even possible uh which is which is a separate question and in short it's we're 
we're therefore collectively towing a fine line between pushing pushing too fast such that there are problems introduced and Viv twenty nine introduced a variety of different problems. Uh but balancing that with moving swiftly enough such that all of the existential risk that seems to be time sensitive or potentially time sensitive is mitigated before before the time comes, let's call it. So with that in mind, felt like the conversation earlier this week on Wells was very constructive and hopefully helpful for people to understand where we view a lot of the existential risk and where we're trying to spend our time mitigating existential risk. But frankly, the the implementation of the gauge system hopefully will, will significantly reduce existential risk. And then on the other hand, you have things that are potentially introducing existential risk, like uh, new projects launching on top of Beanstalk, audited or unaudited, and lots of new code being deployed. So on the one hand, there is some question of solidifying the base layer of Beanstalk, but let's say there's some hot protocol that attracts 40% of the liquidity in the protocol, and that gets hacked. Even if Beanstalk hasn't been changed in years, that could be a big problem for Beanstalk if the 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 hacker or the exploiter decides to take their liquidity and leave the system. So in the case of like the DAO hack on Ethereum, for example, it really is a fundamentally different thing because the Ether can't really leave the system. Whereas in Beanstalk, the value that is stolen can leave the system. And so there's a there's there's just a lot of difference. The the situation that Beanstalk finds itself currently and will continue to find itself in from a risk perspective, it's very serious. And in order to get to a place where A, the base layer, and B, all of the protocols that implement the derivatives and other pro, pro, core, core products, let's call it, on top of Beanstalk, uh, all of those really need to also get to a place where they're relatively solidified in order for for things to become safe over time. So there's lots of layers of risk and yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's scary stuff, frankly. And there's not much to be said then perhaps, perhaps the short term timeline should get pushed back uh, where the, the, the existential risks not associated with smart contracts are uh, downgraded to even further reprioritize uh, smart contract risk. And it is worth saying to your point, Maud, that the process around pushing code has gotten so much longer uh, and thorough and with much many more parties and eyes involved before pushing anything on chain. And still, there are problems and still there are bugs, and still there are potential vulnerabilities. So in practice, it, it goes without saying, but it's good to say nonetheless, there, there is no test like the test of time. And that's going to apply for Beanstalk, and that's going to apply for protocols on top of Beanstalk at the end of the day. 
Thank you, Publius. And, and you've highlighted a few things uh, that maybe I wanted to ask uh, a bit more. So what, one of those things is that, you know, um, um, the bean economy uh, is expected to grow, let's say, or will grow. And then you'll have uh, uh, different protocols, you know, building things on top of Beanstalk. And the expectation is then silo depositors or bean holders will be able to do, you know, different things, let's say, uh, with those protocols. How, how do you think the DAO uh, is to think about, you know, about this, uh, let's say, ecosystem or economy uh, in it all? Is it is it up to the DAO's interest to also protect, uh, you know, those other protocols that utilize beans, just given that this is, you know, one economy uh, uh, in the end? Well. There's a couple different things here. There's largely a tragedy of the commons problem where if the DAO decides it's a collective to completely take on the cost of securing other contracts. Sorry, Publis, I think, I think we lost you a bit. Maybe we can start, uh, can start again with the answer. Can you hear me now, Mod? Yes. All right, sorry about that. So no the, there, there, there's a little bit of a tragedy of the commons problem here, which is that if the DAO decides to take on the cost of securing via audit or multiple audits every piece of code that's going to touch beans uh, or use beans and have bug bounties that a the developers of those that code particularly in the pseudonymous world could introduce bugs intentionally and then try to report them or take advantage of them and then expect the data to cover it so there's there's some weird i wouldn't call it liability questions but incentive questions around what the DAO should be doing and what's prudent but frankly feel like the, the big thing is going to be as a culture not to use protocols that, or not to use protocols that haven't been around for a long time. And Beanstalk was around for a pretty long time before it was exploited. Uh, so, and, and Beanstalk has had vulnerabilities since being learned. So there's no, there is no single rule of thumb here on how security should and, yeah. I'm sorry, Publius, we started losing you again. Or you're like you're muffled uh, in and out, let's say. Sorry about this, Mod. Let me try, let me try moving somewhere else. Not sure exactly what's going on. But uh, I, I, was, was my answer clear or did, did I lose you in the, in the substance? Yes, I think, I think the, the piece of advice, let's say, uh, um, that, you, that you said is that um, users or holders of Bean, they will want to you know, use protocols that have uh, either been sufficiently audited or you know, uh, has been around for some time. Yeah, but at the end of the day, the, the, neither of those two things are guarantees of security, as we've seen with Beanstalk. Yes. And and that that was the other thing that you have highlighted. You know there are um, different different kinds of risks. Um, so you know there there are the risks where uh, the protocol doesn't do what you expected it to do, and that given maybe there were like you know some loopholes or bugs uh, 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 or whatever you know uh, that caused it. And then the other bit is the economical risk where you know the protocol behaves as expected and everything runs fine, but hey, the experiment you know didn't didn't turn out uh, uh, as expected. Let's say. Yeah, and 
at the end of the day, it's up to every individual user of Beanstalk to determine what what makes sense for them to use and experiment with and how much capital to put at risk. And it's, yeah, it's, as always, Beanstalk, <laughs> Beanstalk remains an experiment. And if anything, the experimental nature is increasing, not decreasing in the short term. And that does introduce significant risk. Okay. All right. Um, with that, I think we can move to the next to the next topic. Unless you know uh, anyone in the audience wanted to discuss any of this more, or you know even at a later stage, just feel free to drop uh, questions in the town hall chat. Publis, I wanted to talk a bit about you know the state that that the protocol is in right now, uh, and and now let's talk a little bit about the economics of it. So we see what's happening with the overall, let's say, you know, market and and the crypto market in specific. Um, Beanstalk seems, you know, to be uh, very fine uh, or, or, you know, uh, pretty healthy. Uh, the protocol is minting uh, uh, and, you know, continuously, let's say, you know, hour over or season over season or, you know, throughout most of the seasons, let's say. Uh, and then the majority of farmers um, 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 are not, you know, selling any any of those beans that are, are getting minted. What do you think that means? Is this some sort of, let's say, uh, like an upper limit uh, uh, for Beanstalk? Does, does this show or maybe signal that the protocol in general is undervalued, just given that the number of beans are increasing and then the holders are holding to it and not selling? Does, does that not you know, signal that? Or, or what do you think? Well, it's hard to say about the value. But what's clear is that there is no or minimal supply of beans below a dollar people are not willing at the moment to sell beans below a dollar and anytime that people have sold beans below a dollar there seems to be decent demand to convert uh there seems to be less demand for soil basically no demand for soil which is interesting and as as bean stock becomes more sophisticated as an economic system the balance between the temperature and the convert incentives that's something that will definitely it will it will make sense to to look at fine-tuning that uh because it, it's clear that right now all of the demand is coming from convert and not from demand for soil and it's unclear how sustainable that is and the liquidity to supply ratio is something that the protocol can perhaps use as an indicator of that, but that's not necessarily the most important thing right now. Uh, the point is that for the moment, there's not a lot of supply below a dollar. There is demand from convert mostly below a dollar. And there does seem to be some, let's call it a, a margin above the peg, above a dollar, a delta B above a dollar where uh, there, there's minimal selling and converting happening. So it's not just below the peg. It's actually below something like 1.0002. Uh, now, granted, because of the, the curve V, which is four bits, uh, I believe, that doesn't necessarily... It's not surprising because there's some friction around selling beans above a dollar uh, for less than four bips above a dollar, you're still getting less than a dollar. So it, it's unclear how much real demand there is above a dollar, particularly it seems like uh, the majority of activity 
uh, or demand above a dollar is from a single automated uh, wallet or bot. So it's not it's not necessarily the most uh, <laughs> it's certainly not the most growth that Beanstalk has seen in its past. But if you take a look at the the charts. Uh, on the forecast page, for example, uh, and you look at the the all-time market cap or all-time bean supply, I guess that's on the bean supply chart is in a different spot. But even the market cap, you can see that this this period isn't dissimilar from the some of the earlier periods in bean stock. From a size and a relative stability perspective, uh, there's there is no ETH volatility factored in here, so that's largely why it, it looks a lot flatter. But otherwise, this isn't this is neither here nor there from our perspective at the moment. But lots of interesting data and uh, continuing to just observe and learn and try to try to think about the model as, as much as possible on this end. But generally, not not too much to infer or learn from the fact that there isn't particular activity above or below a dollar at the moment other than not a lot of supply below a dollar and demand demand below a dollar okay and and i i agree with you um on on the dollar i guess on you know the bips on it on that you're not really selling a bean for a dollar uh but just given that let's say you know the seniorage uh, is accumulating so it's true that you may not get one hundred dollars for the hundred beans, but you're, it's still hundred beans that you know you've you've gotten uh, um, through through senior digital interest. And, and I think it's pretty interesting to find you know farmers in general holding, and maybe th that has been reflected as well in the prices of unripe on the secondary. It, it seems that you know the the secondary uh, uh, valuation for for unripe assets has also increased you know the past few weeks, and I find it baffling to be honest that in this market you know this is happening and. It's quite a bullish sign. Okay, Dumpling says, have you been surprised by anything post-replant or is this about what you would have thought? Would you be curious to hear? Okay, yeah, he, he's curious to hear what you think about that, Publius. Well, on the one hand, Beanstalk is moving along relatively nicely post-replant and the economic situation of being stuck is generally in line with our expectations. The majority of fertilizer sales happened prior to the replant or shortly after, and there hasn't been much interest since. That was expected. Uh, there was a decent amount of a sell-off and overhang uh, shortly after the replant because it the system was replanted above a dollar, so there was some minting there, and there were even some significant inflows after replant that then left, and that exacerbated it. But generally, the the, the overhang was a not particularly large, and b the system responded nicely in general. It was quickly repegged uh, if if. Uh, in a way that it really hadn't before due to convert. So that was interesting. I think a lot of that was from the fact that all the liquidity was locked at that point, uh, which still remains the case to some extent. But uh, 
Beanstalk seems to be from a, a base level doing pretty pretty much in line with expectations. I think the main surprise to us is the amount of activity happening around Beanstalk, considering that it was replanted three months ago or so. Is that right? Uh, September, October, November. Yeah, three months. So, in short, <laughs> there's a lot of crazy good stuff happening around Beanstalk, and that's perhaps the thing that's most most surprising to us. Agreed. I'm pretty excited to see the things um, you know uh, that has been happening on the inside um, come 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 you know basically be deployed and and the, and the rest uh, sees it. Deckers asks, would there be any way to show an API on fertilizer? So, not sure if, uh, if Pujo is here because know that they were working on that. Um, but can talk a little bit about that. So, the idea, it's definitely possible. Now, things don't map exactly like the silo because unlike the silo where you can withdraw your capital and sell your, your, your initial deposit, uh, when you buy FERT, you, you forfeit the, any sort of rights to the, to the underlying. And therefore, the, the rate of return is easy to calculate. But if you're trying to annualize that and factor in the loss of capital, it's, it's a lot less clear. So the current thought, and not sure exactly the status on the implementation of this, but the last that we heard on the discussion of this was that the 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 idea would be to to determine based on the current minting how long it would take for the for the entire fertilizer to be paid back, and then basically normalize that to a year. So if the rate of return on the fertilizer was 20% and based on current minting, it was expected that it would take two years to get there, the, the APY would be, and I guess it's not exact, uh, but it would be something like 10%. Uh, and and, and Sirochad uh, confirms that Kujo is working uh, on the third APY. Okay, I see Dumpling is typing a question. Let's wait for that. All right, Dumpling follows up and, and asks, um, would you be happy or interested if things were actually happening slower? Since liquidity is mostly still locked, maybe existential risks you know, could be reduced a bit. Not sure happiness is really the thing to optimize around, although to answer the spirit of the question, uh, it's really hard to say. Um, there's... There's a lot of really cool tech to be built. And frankly, there's no rush to build most of it because someone else builds it great. It can be forked. And if not, at some point, the Beanstalk community will certainly get around to it. But think that, that at the moment, there really is a, a balance between pushing new products and, and, and things that create utility for beans and purely focusing on things that, that minimize existential risk like wells 
and the gauge system and it's a fine line so perhaps like all things uh it'll oscillate and the focus goes back and forth between core beanstalk functionality and lots of stuff being built on top of beanstalk to our earlier point about being surprised about how much stuff is being built on top of beanstalk uh think from from our perspective and beanstalk farms a lot a lot a lot of work has has gone into supporting the ecosystem as opposed to working on beanstalk directly and a lot of that's great uh really really great but there's there's just a a need for more resources and everything comes at the margin and will continue to come at the margin and and, and yeah, it's not a question of necessarily moving slower as continuing to move deliberately and feel like at the moment one thing that is tough is there isn't really a, a roadmap and there there is a, a notion file, which not sure how public it is, although we've been trying to get all of the notion stuff to be public, but we've been trying to Put at least our thoughts into a little bit more of a rigorous timeline and form, but uh, recognize that there isn't necessarily the most direction uh, in terms of a roadmap or anything published recently. And nonetheless, it's kind of amazing the amount of coordination that is happening almost without explicit coordination. It's just all happening where lots of things are lining up together. And therefore, you almost can't... It's hard to say that things are being rushed, but it's also hard to say that things aren't moving very fast. And so what does that really mean? It means that the thing that can really probably be improved is the process. And maybe the question is really how much time should be spent optimizing the process as opposed to building things and not to move faster or slower. I think no matter, you know, really how, how slow even you want to slow down yourself, you still find yourself pushing harder and wanting, you know, to move fast. Brian just said it's it's crazy that it's only been three months. It feels like five years and it, it really does feel, you know, maybe not five years, but it feels like a long time. Things and DeFi moves fast, and I think the DAO in general here holds, you know, um, um, holds everyone uh, to a high standard and expects, you know, more and more. And brings us back to the initial discussion that we have is that, you know, we're we're moving fast, uh, maybe too fast, you know, uh, um, um, for our own good. Uh, but you know, no matter what, you know, this is this is I think the spirit of of you know of what what Beanstalk is and 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 the people behind it or the DAO behind it. Okay, I think. Yeah, Dumpling uh, concurs and says he agrees about uh, about the process. Okay, let's let's give it a minute uh, or two. Um, see if others have uh, questions. Um, you know, if, if, whether it's something that we discuss or something else that's been in your mind, please feel free to drop it in the down, town hall chat. Okay, we we briefly discussed uh, the two emergency bips um, um, earlier this class, eBip uh, four and five, uh, and Guy just uh, posted an announcement uh, on eBip six uh, that's meant to resolve uh, those those two uh, uh, bips. Guy, do you have a minute? You can come maybe on stage and, and give us a summary of, of those bips or this bip. 
Sure. Yeah, I don't mean to derail class by any means, but figure we should share as soon as possible after the transaction is executed. Um, so uh, Silo Chat, I think, pretty adequately addressed uh, a couple of these, but essentially uh, EBIT4 or the bug that resulted in EBIT4 was related to the fact that Beanstalk was storing um, essentially the number of pods ordered for every pod order rather than the number of beans locked. So was returning farmers a, a proportional uh, increased amount uh, when canceling their pod order rather than the number of beans they locked in the pod order. And then with the EBIT5 fix, uh, which was related to permits, um, I mean, at, at a high level, a lot of Beanstalk functions uh, have a parameter that allows you to decide which what balance you want to pull a farmer's uh, assets from, whether that's their farm balance, their circulating balance, or, or some combination of the two. And so the fix uh, in this case was simply to... Uh, uh, enforce that only only internal or farm balances would be used by that function. Uh, the vulnerability was in being able to uh, transfer assets from another farmer's external balance if they had approved as such. So those are uh, a couple of things that were fixed in the eBIP, and there's a there's a write up in the announcements channel. So feel free to check that out, and happy to answer any questions. Thank you, guy. Um... And then I guess the next step uh, is is for that to be reflected on the UI. Is that correct? That's probably a question for Silo Chad, or I think Beansama might be working on it. But uh, yeah, I think the idea is to get that back up as soon as possible. Okay, thank you, thank you, Guy, for for the update. Um, we are at the end of the of the town hall uh, chat or the questions. Uh, let's maybe give it a minute or two see if others have questions. Otherwise, we can end this class. Okay, thank you. Thank you all for joining us. And Publius, as always, thank you for taking the time to answer this, uh, you know, these questions. And we'll see you all next week. Thank you, Mark.